Welcome to the Arts for Society podcast, where we talk about how art can bring change to society. This is Anne and Ode. Virtual exhibitions, webinars, online fairs, video games, e-learning, etc. Since the start of the pandemic, the art world has demonstrated how creative it can get when it comes to digital initiatives. This has brought new challenges and created new opportunities. So today in the Arts for Society podcast, we will explore the relationship between tech, art and society, together with a visual artist, Filippo Minelli, and a curator, Pauline Fossel. They recently collaborated on a new format of online exhibition. So let's hear them as they help us navigate those uncharted territories Filippo Minelli is an Italian artist. He graduated from the Academy of Fine Arts of Brera in Milan. Filippo's work addresses landscape, politics and communication thanks to installations and performances that are documented through photography and video. Born and raised in Europe, his approach is based on a nomadic practice mainly focused on peripheral geographic areas around the globe. Filippo recently had a residency in Colombia where he investigated the country's conflict history and landscape. Evolving both in physical and digital environments, his work has been exhibited in Belgium, Germany, South Korea, Italy and the Netherlands, among other countries. Pauline Fossel is a French curator and entrepreneur. She moved to Lisbon in 2013 to manage the studio and underdogs gallery of the artist Vils. She was responsible for curating exhibitions, events, public art projects, and artist editions. Prior to that, she worked in China as gallery manager at Magda Denis Gallery in Shanghai. She also worked at the Hong Kong Contemporary Art Foundation. In 2019, she launched Art Curator Grid, the first professional network dedicated to art curators, which aims at building an online community that fosters connection between art professionals, institutions, galleries, and companies on a global scale. So hi, Pauline and Filippo. Thank you for being with us today. Pauline, you've known Filippo for some time. Can you tell us more about his work, what you like about it, and why you think it resonates today? Yeah, sure. Thank you, uh, Anne and Udfer, for the invitation. I, I was actually trying to think since when I know Filippo, I know who introduced me to Filippo, which was our gallery manager at Underdogs, um, Diana Souza, actually. And, uh, and we started to have the will to be working with him. Um, and we invited him for, for editions, for, for producing edition with us. Um, but one of the best moments I had with Filippo was um, in that abandoned prison that you have on the other side of the river in Lisbon. He was doing a series for, for the gallery at that time. So it's, it's one of the series he's very well known for, uh, which basically he creates and he puts fumes of colors into absolutely breathtaking landscape or spaces. And this is how we discover his work. It's a very strong uh, series for me. And I, I think for, for anyone that actually uh, put the eye on it, for me, many reasons. First, it's very poetic, very beautiful in, in the aesthetic itself. But it's also very strong because Filippo illustrates silence. So 
you have that very beautiful photo with the fume of color and that fume of color is is made to illustrate silence but at the same time those fumes are used in strikes are used for uh by police for during um demonstrations so it's like it's very powerful and very violent at the same time but if you have all these layers that you don't see necessarily at first and this is how I, I i started to get to know his work and then we stayed in touch because he's having his studio uh not too far from lisbon and and he had the kindness to send me from time to time what he has been working on sometimes we're seeing each other and, and he would explain to me his new series of work and and a few months back he sent me a new series that he was working on and actually two new series he was working on and uh, and he wanted my feedback so and I gave him, and then it ended up with the with the exhibition that you have on the platform. Well, it's uh, it's great to see that you have this uh, relationship, and also it's all about trust. And Filippo, the recent work that Pauline was mentioning, were created during lockdown while you were in your studio in Portugal, looking out the windows. It was a big change for your process, which is usually more nomadic. So, did it make room for new explorations? How did you leave this unusual situation and did it provide new opportunities? Hi, thanks for inviting me, first of all. Yeah, uh, definitely it was very uh, a very different process from the one that I uh, usually, but luckily my studio is based at the border as well, at the border between Portugal and Spain, so I found myself stuck in this area that is very interesting because on one side is the incredibly rural Portugal. It's a quite underdeveloped area, both economically speaking and in terms of opportunities, but it's also a fantastic landscape to work with. And I was stuck there during spring, so I basically had the opportunity not to be locked down at the studio because being in the countryside and being in Portugal, but then quite safe, I was allowed to, to go out, of course, outside of towns. So I spent most of the time wandering around and picking up small details from the landscape, actual parts of the landscape, like pieces of asphalt that I collected from both sides of the, of the border, plants that I picked up on the same pathways and photographs that I shot in all these areas that are in between industrial areas and beautiful wild countryside. So I think that I, I had the opportunity to make a more intimate work. Thank you, Filippo. Uh, Pauline, can you tell us about your experiences in Shanghai, Hong Kong, and now Lisbon? How they influenced your vision of art, but also of the art world? So yeah, actually, I am originally from France, but uh, I've done my entire career uh, abroad. I started actually, as you said, in Shanghai. I was the um, gallery manager of a, of a gallery over there for uh, in total like two years and a half. Then I moved to Portugal, where I was the um, direct studio director of, of, of Bills with the Portuguese artist. And at the same time, we launched like a project together here named Underdogs, and this is actually where I met uh, Filippo. And then I went back to Hong Kong, where I was the director of development of a private art foundation. 
there uh, and then back to Lisbon. So definitely Asia mainly and Portugal had a, had a very big impact in the person I am today. Shanghai 2009, that was in Shanghai today. You had not a lot of museums, not a lot of galleries. Shanghai was not the, the center of the art world. It was m mostly Beijing at that time. So Shanghai was really developing. And then Lisbon, I moved there. It was, you know, deep crisis. Uh, 2012, the country was suffering quite a lot. But people were really eager to get new projects and things done, which was absolutely amazing because the projects I've done with Fields uh, Underdogs I think got that chance as well to arrive at that time. And then Hong Kong, completely different from the art world point of view. And Hong Kong is more an art market platform. So you have, obviously, you have at Basel, you have very big galleries, but the institutional scene was, it was a bit harder, as well as, you know, very young galleries, young artists. So it was very, it's very, very different market. And at the same time, everything is kind of interlinked, which I think is, is, is really interesting. Yeah, you worked in places that have changed tremendously. What do you think you've taken away from those experiences, uh, especially now that you're an entrepreneur? Did it really change something in the way you work? Yes, completely. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's more than it changed my professional life. I think it changed myself. It means like I'm, I'm someone who lives abroad and that's part of myself. Uh, definitely, it's... It changed the way I approach things um, because the way you connect as well, you always in adaptation to new culture, to new ways of working, and you always adapt. You always you have that flexibility and you learn how to be flexible, but in a very good way and to listen differently and to understand differently and to analyze differently. And, and this is definitely very important in what I'm doing today, which is a professional network of the art world centered around art curators. So I'm, I'm talking to many different curators from many different uh, countries. And what about you, Filippo? You've also traveled a lot, for instance, to Colombia, Russia, Korea or Bhutan. Can you tell us more about what brought you there? And also tell us about your wanderings around the world in general and what they entailed from a personal and also creative perspective. Most of my practice is based on a research about landscape and how I can use landscape in order uh, to understand things of society, in order to explain things of society. So traveling is basically one of the needs that I have in order to bump into examples, into things that I don't know. It's an incredible way of learning. And it's, uh, it's the best way that I have in order to be able to read landscapes in a different way. And that's the reason why I've been traveling in the places that you mentioned and in many others. I'm really interested in, in looking at things and, and reinterpreting them. And I'm very interested in, in places that are I would say border areas, uh, liminal spaces, places where identity is not really defined because I feel like they represent much more reality as it is and not the marketing around society that is being built in the last decades. Thank you, Filippo. Going back to the online exhibition, Pauline, you are the curator of this exhibition and you said that you love Filippo's work, but that you didn't have the physical or financial means to create a brick and mortar exhibit and therefore you created one online. Can you explain to us the process and how you interacted with Filippo to put this show together? 
the most thing that I was missing was time, space, and money, to be honest. And it's true, it has been a while that I wanted to be thinking about Filippo's work without like, uh, you know, yes, having having a space or, or, or the budget to do it. And um and and I had the idea because we mounted that uh, that did like on uh, exhibition tool on the platform, and I was thinking, well, if Filippo's is up for it, I think it's uh, it could be a great idea because it's a uh, it's a good way for me to think about his work. It's a good way for us to collaborate, and it's a nice way for him as well to to share his work. He sent me a PDF of works a, a while ago, and uh, and I was really interested by that new series, which is a series of bit canvas where he uses branches, flowers, stones, the elements he was talking about just now that he's picking up at the border. Then he put them on the canvas and he used them as kind of a stencil. And I thought the work were, were really interesting and the direction that he was taking on canvas was, was really interesting and really worth like to be seen and shown together. So we did that first, uh, that first call. We also decided to show the series of the videos from the 3D scan of elements he found in Bhutan. And one element that I thought was very interesting that he told me that most of the time he was putting something in the landscape. Uh, and this time he was, you know, he took it away, he 3D scanned it, but he put it back there which I thought was as well very strong and interesting. And that's what was remaining and in, in the reappropriation that it did was through these videos of those 3D elements floating, but also like repainted. And then, yeah, well, the, the show, uh, it was a back and forth between us two. He, he had really the kindness to give me access to so many, you know, content, uh, work in progress, which I think was really nice about the online show is that it's not just images of the work, but it's also all the context. He had the kindness to write me statements as well. For people that really want to discover his work, that can really dive into it and, and get to know him and how he works and so on. And I think that's the, the big addition to, to an online exhibition. Yeah, because you said, I think your, your hope is also for other curators to, to work with this uh, new tool that you created. And you said that the show was not intended to replicate the physical space, but uh, it's not just a digital show either. So can you elaborate on that? I think like, um, you know, have been and we have been the, the, the team of our curator grid talking to many, many curators from many different countries. We realized that they were never really happy with what was given to them to curate online. And and so I thought as well as a curator, and I, w I was in my mind, what could be nice for this to be an exhibition, but not a replication or an imitation of reality, because we all know that art is, is, is to be seen in person, that it's, of course, amazing to be in front of that uh, four-meter or five-meter piece of Filippo. Uh, that's never going to replace it. So what could we bring more to someone visiting the, the show? And that they could take out and enjoy it rather than just going from an image to another image. And so we created that tool where you can add on to an exhibition that is already structured because it's a visual representation of the curatorial concept. So um, I, it was structured. Uh, first, the background image is, is an image by Filippo that I thought was really interesting in, in terms of structure and it allowed me to use it for the structure of the exhibition. And then I've divided the show in, in four series. So someone coming in can see like the past, can see the different series visually, I mean. And then in addition, you have that, that content that Filippo gave me. 
it's great to see how the online exhibition can provide new tools that allow to make the exhibition more than um, what a physical exhibition used to be. But still, Filippo, some people could say that it's a shame not to actually see the artworks in the flesh, if I may say, given how physical an art experience can be. And so what's your answer to that as an artist? And what do you hope people can take away from such a project? I don't know. Being an artist, I'm always up for uh, experimentation and, and trying new things out, basically. And I think that maybe it's also good for both artists and, and the viewer to try new things and to be forced by external events in rethinking the way you produce art and the way you, you make it available. So I think when it comes to this specific show, for sure, I think it makes some difference because uh, the works were created, most of them in an analog way. So there are textures to be seen and there are movements to be seen. Generally speaking, I think it's, it could not be an issue at all. So staying with that train of thought, what do you hope people can take away from an online project versus say a regular physical exhibit? Probably uh, a, a more uh, in-depth approach to understanding messages, arts, and, and, and fruition somehow. I think that a big problem with exhibitions and arts uh, seen in person is that sometimes exhibitions tend to match, to shock, to create this kind of big impact and leaving on the side some sort of guidance to the viewer in order to understand how this final result exists right now. So I think that it's pretty interesting to see how structuring exhibitions online and being able to provide more material, you can, for example, even if you are a small gallery or an independent curator, create more complete exhibitions basically with the same curatorial approach that an institution would have. And how was it for you to collaborate with Pauline on an online exhibition in terms of the challenges it entailed and the satisfactions that it brought to you? First of all, it was necessary for me to understand like the technical aspects of the platform and, and, and try to think about how communicating in a linear way, uh, my extremely uh, chaotic <laughs> approach to creation. Uh, so it was an exercise also for me in order to learn how to explain and, and create a better output, uh, like a more understandable output for the audience. Because most of the time, I think a big challenge for, for artists, or at least for me, is that I that sometimes uh, take for granted that uh, everybody have my same references or have the same experiences in life. And while it's not like that, and uh, especially when you are creating for a potentially very wide audience, I think it's important, of course, not to fall into a very didascalic explanation of what you are doing, but it's also very interesting to find 
a way to, to create some guidance. Uh, Pauline, you created the digital platform you were just mentioning called Art Curator Grid, which allows a network of curators to connect and share their work at an international level. So what do you think digital tools such as that kind of platform, for example, can bring to the table? Can they help reach out to a wider audience and also improve a dialogue among people from different uh, cultural backgrounds? Network brings always a lot. I think like uh, we started with the, with the curators and, and as you said, they can join the platform. They are selected to join the platform and there they can share their work. They can connect with one another for project research and get in touch with an artist. They can simply research and discover what the others has been doing. And I think the strength of the platform is it's more than 600 curators from, from everywhere. We just started to open up the platform as well to institutions. It's basically aiming at, you know, being a, a network of art professionals and the audiences they are touching, because at the end of it, we are professionals are the bridge between the artists and the public and people to carry the best we can their message, right? We are uh, taking care of the community and trying to bring the best tools for them. All the best that can of the social media can bring to be able to have the community inside the art community, to be together when they talk about specific subject, but also to open up to a way broader audience, because all of a sudden, if you have the curators, the artists, the institution, and you have the audience of each of them, then you have way more audience because you are, you are winning from the audience of all the others. So that's really the, that's really the point of the platform. Thank you, Pauline. How about you, Filippo? You've developed projects on a number of political issues. How do you think those new digital tools can help artists raise awareness on political and social issues and create positive change? I'm not really sure uh, about the fact that artists should be that involved with their work in politics, especially as we've seen that politics have been very, very clever in uh, using the work of artists in the last two decades as a very effective tool for propaganda uh, and not necessarily uh, to create change, but actually to keep everything as framed as possible, but with a very nice package around it. I think that technologies are uh, a fantastic tool in general, not only for the advantage of art, Uh, but I think that they are also a very controversial tool because they don't exist outside framing of surveillance and control. Yeah, I think it's a very, very, like a very complicated subject, but uh, as every tool, and especially every controversial tool, it can be used at least to talk about the issue. I'm using a lot of technologies because I'm, uh, I'm really interested in contemporary landscape and so part of, of the landscape that we live today is not the, the natural landscape anymore it's not the, the the physical built environment but it's a sort it, it, it's a, a, a mix of uh, interfaces and algorithms and data collection and how those informations can be elaborated and use them for something else So I think that as an artist today, it's very, it's very important to understand 
these tools and potentially also to use them if there's a reason for that. But I don't necessarily think that every effort should be addressed at creating positive change. Maybe it's just because I'm skeptical about the many different layers that were created around positive change and new interpretations of, of reality in, in the last few years. Probably I'm skeptical because of that, but I, I think that artists can be a very interesting vehicle to point out situations in general without necessarily judging them or without interfering with them. I think artists have a role, society have another role, and politicians have the role, and a mix of all these things that can create change, that can create basically a, a new shared identity that we can relate to. I don't think that these kind of processes can be imposed all the time. These processes have been imposed in history, uh, never uh, ended up in a very good way. Do you feel like you have a specific mission in society? Well, definitely. Maybe it can be about the fact of raising awareness on ways to, to look at reality that are overlooked, especially when consensus is so widespread. I think that, that can be a definition I can stick with. Like I really like the idea of challenging narratives, especially when they are the mainstream narratives. Politics, it's a field of people that wake up very early in the morning every day in order to regenerate narratives and change narratives in order to help them power, basically. And I think that artists can be a vehicle to help people to stop and, and understand if politics, for example, is really trying to sell you an apple or if they are trying to sell you again the same old apple but calling it orange in a different way. I think that these layers of understanding of reading reality are the main value that an artist can, can provide to society. I, I like very much when you talked about this idea of shared identity, which is another a very personal way to, to see also uh, your mission. And, and maybe it's also very related to the idea of long-term research and to this idea of the landscape, the borders. Thank you very much for sharing these um, perspectives on, on what we call new territories, which are not only digital, but physical and social and cultural, as we just said. So thank you for helping us think about the dialogue that should exist among artists and professionals across the globe and how they can work together to reach new audiences and experiment, as you said, and find new ways to achieve their mission. Thank you, Pauline, and thank you, Filippo. Thank you, and thank you, Ot. Thank you, my pleasure. Thank you for joining us and listening to this episode of the Arts for Society podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please subscribe to the Arts for Society podcast to hear our past and future episodes. You can also visit our website, www.artsforsociety.com, and follow us on social media for more information on our projects. Finally, we want to thank Raf Parpex for creating the beautiful theme of our podcast.